0: This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Compass. My name is Stephanie Muscat. I am a registered social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this episode is not the act of psychotherapy. So I'm actually really, really excited today because I have been following Brandon for quite some time now. And I have been looking at all of the incredible things he has done as a caregiver. He has published his own book to help others. And I really think I can't do you justice in an introduction. I really can't. But we have Brandon Burke here today. And Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and where you came from?
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here as well and to share my story. So I live in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and early onset Alzheimer's disease actually in 2015. He was not even 55 years old when he got his diagnosis. And, you know, navigating through that experience, you know, really led me to the point where I am today where I've released this book. But I have a history with Alzheimer's in my family and dealing with it or, or having peripheral knowledge of it from my grandmother's experience, his his mother. So, you know, I saw what kind of caregiving was to some extent through the lens of being, you know, an adolescent and you know, watching my aunts do it, you know, but you know, I never expected that to be my story. You know, really, we thought that my it was something that happened to like the eldest-born child in our family for some reason, and you know, without having a lot of knowledge about, you know, the disease and how it works, you know, that's what we expected, you know, it's, you know, and so having, you know, being that my father was diagnosed, it really kind of changed things and changed things really quickly. And so, you know, I decided that, you know, it was best for me to do something that was positive and would have an impact on other people. You know, one of the things that I say is sharing our stories is our superpower. And I believe that that's true because, you know, our stories help other people and you never know what that, story may do for someone else, what your experience may do for someone else, and how it may save their life, how it may help them when they thought that they were the only person that was dealing with, you know, whatever circumstance it is that's going on. And so, you know, that really led me to writing this book and publishing it because I really wanted to kind of get that story out there.
0: I have absolutely no doubt that you have touched other people's lives. And I'm sure people have told you after you have shared your own story and shared your book How do you think, and I'm sure people have said this to you, you know, over the span of however many months they've read your your story, but how do you think that this has impacted others? What have you seen since publishing your story?
1: I've gotten so much feedback and it's a bit overwhelming and it's still even happening today i mean my book has been out for almost a year and you know i'm a first-time author and you know i didn't really you know my expectations were you know people would buy it and you know some people would you know connect with it but you know getting outside of my own network and having people respond and send me messages and tell me how honest they felt it was or how inspiring it was for them or people contacting me saying that you know they're going through a similar situation and they didn't know exactly what to do. And this book has helped them, you know, make some decisions that they needed to make or learn how to deal and cope with caregiving and not even just Alzheimer's, right, but also other uh, diseases and things that, you know, need that kind of caregiver element to it that, you know, from cancer or, you know, things like that, that are just kind of life- traumatic events that people go through. So I've been really blessed to have received such positive feedback. I mean, I just really got something, I think two days ago and I was like, wow, this is still going. And you know, that, that was, that, that's very touching.
0: Yeah. And I can, from what I've seen, I could definitely see that impact. I was so curious what it would look like from the other end. So how old were you when your dad got diagnosed with Alzheimer's?
1: So I was 34. Yeah, I think 34 when my father got diagnosed, and or about to be 34. I think I wasn't even 34 quite yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, this is very different too, because at that age, you don't expect to have to deal with, you know, something like this. You know, what you normally see is, you know, it's from an older person's perspective, you know, and, and because my father was, has, you know, early onset, that is what, you know, also triggered it being, you know, falling on, you know, my shoulders to some extent. So, you know, it was, it it literally changed my life overnight, you know, and some things happen a little quicker than others, but, you know, just having to get adjusted to what the new normal would be and not even knowing how long that would last was, was really something that I had to really quickly adjust to.
0: And so if you could paint a picture of what your life looked like at the time when he got diagnosed in terms of, you know, you had your own career, you were doing your own things during the day, what shifted? What did it then turn into once he got diagnosed?
1: So my father and I had a really great relationship. I felt, you know, we were, we were very close. Now, growing up, we weren't necessarily that close. And so, you know, I would talk to my father pretty much, you know, at least a couple of times a week, you know, if and, and visit him because he didn't live that very, very far away from me, you know, and I was just busy, you know, going out with my friends, having a good time, not having to think about, you know, my father's health in that type of way. What it changed to, and it it didn't change immediately in 2015, right? It kind of became a progressive thing where by end of 2016, beginning of 2017, he needed more kind of supervision. And I hated using that term because I don't want to feel like I'm watching over my father, but I had to because... He was home alone. His, my stepmom is as a doctor. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of crazy that she's a doctor and we're dealing with this situation. But because of her profession, she's not able to be at home the way that, you know, someone if she if they had been older, she would have been able to. So it transitioned to me having to spend, you know, take days where I would you know, work from home, but work at his house. And and, sh- and share some of that responsibility with, with a couple of my aunts as well. But, you know, that having to kind of shift my focus and be kind of laser focused on what was going on with him was an adjustment, a, a big adjustment.
0: Yeah. And as a young male, and I know you mentioned this to me earlier, but as a young male, you know, when you're looking out there, you're seeing that most caregivers are females Was it hard for your friends or whoever was around you to relate to what was going on? You know, not only are you caring for your father at such a young age, but you're doing it as a male, which, you know, you're saying your aunts were helping you and everything like that, but were they confused? Did you see people kind of just say, well, you know, I'm gonna go off and do my own thing at this point because you're busy. And like, how did that go?
1: So my friends have been very supportive, I will say. Now, the thing that I think is kind of on me a little bit is that in the beginning, I didn't really share a lot of it because I just felt like this is something that I'm going through. I didn't feel like I needed to burden other people with my story necessarily. I mean, I I definitely joined the Walked In Alzheimer's and started doing all the fundraising for that, which had been great and, you know, was great support. And, you know, asking friends to kind of donate and things like that. and 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 they would. But I didn't experience them necessarily, you know, going on without me. I would say that when I started to open up more, they became much more aware of what was going on and would do things to check in with me to make sure that I was okay and I was coping and dealing with the situation. And that really helped me, you know, and whether it was to make me laugh or, you know, help me get through something that was traumatic or whatever, they were really there to, to support that. Now, it was very difficult for me, though, what I learned in that men sometimes we get labeled as not necessarily always having that you know maternal instinct and things like that and so what I realized and then I feel like I realized it a little later on was I needed to do more things to show to show my father love and compassion in the caregiving you know it was more like it was kind of like a regimented okay you do this you do that I'm here I'm available but I didn't really touch on him the way that I felt that I saw my aunt doing and that really was like oh I should do that um that because now he can't communicate the way that he could before and so the communication had to change with my body language Mm -hmm. and I wasn't as aware of that initially and then when I saw my aunt do it I was like oh let me make sure I incorporate a little bit more of that into you know how I deal with him
0: Did you ever feel isolated when you were trying to look up supports or try and see what was out there for Alzheimer's as a male, you know, knowing that a lot of things are very targeted to females?
1: I would say I didn't feel isolated. I just felt like there wasn't enough information. I felt like there wasn't, you know, one of the things that I really bothered me more than anything was The, you know, people who have Alzheimer's, they get a, you know, they go see a neurologist and, you know, that person kind of, you know, helps along and does all this testing and all that kind of stuff. But I really feel like, you know, people who have Alzheimer's need personalized care from their doctors. They need someone who specializes in that cognitive decline and also knows exactly who it is that they are caring for. You know, I, I found that it was kind of a clinic type situation or you know, the doctor had a lot of patients and you know, he would just read my dad's chart and come in with, you know, doing a test all over again and I'm like, "Well, you you we've done this before. You know, th- this isn't changing. It's only going to get worse." And so you need to know him to know how to treat him or how to, you know, provide the care that that's needed. And that is what, you know, I found to be very hard and hard to find the support for
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i see that a lot here as well i work in in the hospital here and mostly with dementia clients and aging clients and i do see a lot in the hospital where you know they're going through these tests and they're going through these motions and the steps of okay well sure you have dementia we're going to do the mocha with you we're going to do the mini mental test with you we're going to see what's happened here's your medication okay see you later but a lot of the time you know and i think this is due to lack of time for the physicians and lack of availability and resources but they're not looking at the individual exactly as you're saying and so people Absolutely. are going home so lost like great i got another prescription i know that my father has declined a little bit more and that's all I know. And that's what we're trying to do here in, in Compassion and Caregiving is try and create a very tailored approach to the person, but it, it is a problem. And I'm you know, i sure you're raising awareness of it, absolutely. And I think the more that we all raise awareness of it, the more it will hopefully change, but such an issue with healthcare system and the way that things are going. And it's great that he had you as an advocate right and somebody who was able to identify that
1: absolutely you know and i think that, that that's the thing we that you have to learn is that you really have to be the voice and the ears and the eyes for someone who's going through this because it really becomes to a point where they aren't able to do any of that and so in order for their survival they need someone to to do that for them
0: absolutely and without an advocate they get lost right i mean it's just sure, tests, medication, go home, whatever. And you really need a family member like yourself to support them and to be their voice and to raise concerns when there are concerns because there is nobody else to do that. So I'm sure that when he was cognitively aware, he appreciated that a lot. But even later, I know in his heart, he definitely knew. And I'm sure you know, I mean, the, the work that you did. So, what are the next steps for you? You've you have this book, you're moving forward, you're doing advocacy. What's next for you in this whole process?
1: So I'm really looking into doing more writing. I this past year, you know, we haven't said, but my father did pass away last year in in, in November, kind of right two weeks after my book was released. Which, you know, I don't even know how to really describe that whole situation i mean there was the blessing of having my book released and my father was still here and i showed it to him and you know what he knew about it and what he didn't i i don't know but i you know i believe that there's a part of him that you know could feel that there was you know that this was something that was in honor and tribute of him and, but him passing afterward this year has been kind of a whirlwind and you know i've suffered from the loss of my father in that, you know, Alzheimer's kind of takes you through that process early. You know, you start losing pieces of a person, although they're physically here. and But to actually have them physically gone changes it even more. And so I found myself in a place where I wasn't as highly motivated as I thought that I would have been in doing some things. But I... I'm not going to stop my commitment to raising awareness and, you know, telling my story. So I I do plan to do another book. And, you know, I don't want to give away the details just yet, but it it will be something from a different perspective and and kind of telling a little bit of a, a different type of story and not necessarily a personal one, but something that I feel will connect with other people. And I should be being a part of the uh, the Alzheimer's Association is going to have an event in in November, and the crazy thing about that is, it's on the day that my father passed away, and so I'm going to be you know part of a a, a panel I think that you know is, is speaking about caregiving, and what I said about that was you know this is just divine alignment, and so you have to just understand that this is the task, and so continue the journey is what I, I feel I need to do.
0: Absolutely. And I'm so sorry to hear about your father, but you are honoring his legacy and you're honoring who he was every step of the way. And yes, I also agree that these things just line up in life. I mean, it's, it's strange and it doesn't make sense often, but it's like, you know that this should be happening in the way that it's going and you know that there is an inner purpose in this and I'm so glad to hear that you're continuing to do this work and putting and your expression on paper and helping others there's really nothing better that you could do I think it's fantastic where can people find you and your book and everything that's to come in your future Sure. so you can find me online Um, I have a website it's
1: brandontheauthor.com and I'm also on Instagram and Brandon, the author, and you can find me on Facebook as well. So my my book is called uh, Rediscovering Dad and Discovering Myself, A Journey Through the Impact of Alzheimer's. It is available everywhere. You can get a signed copy from me on my website, or you can order it from Amazon or uh, Walmart or any book retailer um, out there.
0: Incredible. Thank you so much for being here. You're a true inspiration. And I look forward to seeing what you do in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really Pleasure. appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.